Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. I'm sure all of us have our own method of keeping track of things, but One of the things that I do is to make lists. I usually keep little pieces of paper that are maybe about four inches by five inches or so. And I usually, several times throughout the week, will pull out one of those pieces of paper that sit on top of my desk, actually. I don't have to pull them out. I just have to reach for one. And I make a list of things that I want to accomplish in this particular day. And sometimes at the end of the day, I look with satisfaction at my list, and I've ticked everything off. And other times I look at my list and I say, oh my, I had six things down there and I only accomplished two of them. And in that case, generally what I do is just keep the list till tomorrow. And it's a wonderful sense of accomplishment when the next day I can take that list and tick off all the rest of the items and toss it in the wastebasket because those items are done. Over. Completed. The list has served its function. And now I can go on to a new day and to a new list. Well, I think the Apostle Paul must have been similar in his way of managing things because we find lists in his epistles from time to time. But I don't think we find any more extensive list than the ones we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And there, as you know, there are three lists, each with nine items. The first is a list of hardships and trials and sufferings that Paul endured as a minister of the gospel. The second is a list of nine graces or enablements that are needed to overcome suffering. And the third, the one we're working on now, is a list of paradoxes that relate to ministry and indeed to all of the Christian life. And so we will continue studying that paradox list on the broadcast today. I'm glad you're able to join us. Thank you for your financial support as we continue our teaching on this Thursday, February 23. The list of nine paradoxes is in verses 8, 9, and 10. It says, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Paradoxes, puzzling, seeming contradictions, 
and yet upon more careful examination, they proved to be not only true, but very insightful into an understanding of the Christian life. The first four are paradoxes of reputation. They are, number one, the foibles of honor, number two, the shallowness of human opinion, number three, the misperceptions of critics, and number four, the fickleness of fame, which we have studied and put behind us. That's part of this list that we've ticked off, but we've got nine or four, five more items to go before we can say that list is complete. We can put it behind us and move on to other things. So the five paradoxes that pertain to circumstances. Four relate to reputation. Five pertain to the circumstances of life. And the names that I have given to these five are, number one, living death. Two, protected danger. Three, joyful sorrow. Four, enriching poverty. And five, hidden wealth. Let's look at them one by one. First of all, living death. Paul puts it this way in verse 9, As dying, and behold, we live. As dying, and behold, we live. What does he mean by that? Well, he's saying that his life as an ambassador of Christ was lived very near the edge of death almost all the time. He was in constant danger. He was living knowing that he could be killed at any time. So he is near death and in constant danger, and yet he considers himself to be preserved by God and continues living by the grace and power of God. Here's how he put it in chapter 4. That takes us back a few weeks, but let me read verses 8 through 12 of chapter 4, where he says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. You hear this series of paradoxes, the same kind of format once again. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Paul was aware that he was constantly on the edge of death. And you say, well, why didn't he pull back? Why didn't he throw in the towel? Why didn't he say, this is not safe? I can't continue this kind of life because it's too dangerous. I've got to pull back. I've got to go back to Jerusalem. I've got to to, uh, find a different kind of ministry that wouldn't be so dangerous. And if he did that, I doubt that anyone would say, Paul, you are a coward. Paul, you are untrue to God. I think... Most would say that was a wise decision. Nobody ought to place themselves deliberately in danger all of the time. And if that is in in truth the case of uh, the life of which you are living, then 
it's time to protect yourself and do something a little bit differently so that you're not always so close to death. But Paul didn't see it that way. He knew that what he was doing was carrying out the will of God, that God had called him to be an apostle, God had called him to be an evangelist, a missionary, God had called him to preach a message which was going to be highly unpopular to, to a good many people wherever he went. Paul realized that his life was going to be in constant danger as he pursued the known will of God upon his life, and he did not believe it would be honorable for him to withdraw and find a more safe area of ministry. Sometimes we read biographies of missionaries who have been willing to lay down their lives for Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes we also hear of missionaries who say this is a dangerous place and I cannot subject my family, my wife and my children to these kinds of dangers. I'm going to have to find another place. And again, I don't think anyone would fault them for that. What do we do? Do we do we allow our wives and our children to be in constant danger? And yet there have certainly been missionaries down through the ages who have done exactly that, committing their lives and the lives of their family members, whom they love dearly, into the hands of God and saying, God called us here and he will protect us here and we will continue here as long as we can. And if we are forcibly removed, then of course we'll have to go someplace else. But until that time, we're going to continue. Near death, constant danger, but preserved and continue to live. And that's what Paul is describing here when he says, as dying, and behold, we live. And folks, even if we're not in a place of obvious danger, none of us know when our last day on earth may be. We need to live every day as if it is the last, because it could be. I was on the highway just not too long ago, and we've all had this experience, and all of a sudden, a car just headed right toward me in, in a, um, not head-on toward me, I'm on, a, I'm on a interstate highway, four lanes going each direction, but I'm in one lane, and somebody who's in a parallel lane just decided it was time to move over and take the place where I was. It's like I was invisible to them, and I suppose they wa- I was. I don't know. And I saw it coming, thankfully, and I was able to slow down, and I also just leaned on the horn. I don't know when's the last time I've done that. That, that, that doesn't get done very often. But I just leaned on the horn and kept that horn blaring loudly for... It seemed like a good long while. I suppose it was only a matter of uh, five or six seconds. I really don't know. But what I'm saying is, I realize my life could have been snuffed out at that moment. Only by the grace of God did that car that evidently did not see me and thought it was safe for them to switch lanes and headed right for me and, and what looked like 
an unavoidable crash on a busy highway. There was no place for me to go. I couldn't go. I couldn't move to the next lane. It was busy, busy, busy. Cars and trucks all around. I had no place to go. I was completely at their mercy, in a sense, but really I was completely in the hands of God, who chose to protect me. But that certainly could have been my last day upon earth. That's true for all of us. You don't have to be living on the edge of danger. You don't have to be living a life that you know people are hunting for you and are trying to put you to death. You don't have to be living the kind of dangerous life that the Apostle Paul was living or the kind of dangerous life that some of our brave missionaries live to be aware of the reality that every one of us are only one breath away from eternity. We don't know when we may have a heart attack. We don't know when we may have an automobile crash or some other freak accident, as we call them, that that could happen at any time. We don't know when a tree limb might come crashing down and take our lives. Our lives are always in constant danger. Conscious of it or not, that is the truth. And yet... I am convinced, as I hope you are, that nothing can take my life until God wills it. And if God wills it, what would I, why would I want to stay? What would I stay for? If, if it were possible for me, which it isn't, of course, but if it were possible for me to stay beyond the will of God for the, for the uh, duration of my life upon earth, what would I do? Why would I be here? What would be my purpose if I were here out of God's will for me to be here. Of course, when it's time, God's time for me to die, I will die gladly and and go to the presence of the Lord. And until that time comes, nothing can take my life. Nothing moves and nothing harms me while I am in God's will to live upon the earth. Let's live that way every day of our lives. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.